0: Welcome to the Black Esquire podcast. I am your host, Shelly Whitehead. I am here with my co-host, Michelle Jenkins. Hey, everybody! (laughs) If you are just tuning in for the first time, the Black Esquire podcast is a platform for us to discuss issues pertaining to black professionals um, that don't really get discussed very often in a very relaxed and informal setting. Uh, Michelle, where can they find us? Well, first of all, hello. Thank you for tuning in to episode number two. Uh,
1: You can find us on social media, on YouTube. Excuse my phone. (laughs) People should know better. (laughs) It's all right, it's all right. Um, You can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Facebook at The Black Exquire Podcast. Uh, that is our handle on all forms of social media. You can also find us at BLK underscore ESQ on Instagram. Uh, If you follow us or like us on Facebook, please be sure to join the fellowship, the literal fellowship, by joining our closed group. It is intended to be a, um, a safe space for you to share, sound off, share your thoughts about our uh, so how we're doing and or what things you'd like to hear. um, And even just leave support for our guests, um, whom we are very excited to have, uh, uh, Erica Orr. I think Shelly has a few notes and intends to sort of introduce us to who Ms. Orr is.
0: Yes, yes, so like Michelle said, we have a very special guest with us today, um, Ms. Erica Orr. Uh, She is a family law attorney and is also a candidate for judge for the Cook County's First Sub-Circuit. Erica has been practicing law for over 13 years and began her career as a tax and accounting attorney for several law firms before beginning her own practice. Uh, So welcome, Erica. We are so happy to have
2: you. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to make one edit. I'm pleased to say that on November 5th, I celebrated my 19th year oh. as a member oh. <laughs> of the Illinois Bar. You know how it is. I want all my credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I understand completely. <laughs> so we want to make sure we be Right. Oh, judgment. yeah. Oh, you know. You <laughs> don't look a minute at
0: it. So no. <laughs> well, welcome again. We are so pleased that you can join us. Thanks today. for having me. So typically we would have a "what are you sipping on" segment, but we were having a little technical difficulty, so uh, we were not able to get said libation. So, <laughs> Michelle, uh, what would you have been sipping on if we um, had time?
1: I, if we had had the time, I would have been, I, don't know, I would have been sipping on um, a strong sangria, but. We, I, I'm not sitting on that, but after our technical difficulties, I will be having it after. Miss <laughs> <right. laughs> <laughs> Moore, what would you have been sitting on?
2: Well, right now, I would be sipping on a chai latte because I'm trying to unthaw <laughs> from a, uh, a day of canvassing. We were going door to door uh, today, uh, trying to talk to the voters, so I need to defrost a little bit in a nice chai latte, which it sounds really good about now.
1: Do you do yours with soy? I like mine with soy. I like almond milk. I, if we had had time. The almond milk, I yes. didn't know that was an option. Yes, almond milk is an option.
2: <laughs> And it adds a nice little flavor to it. It's, 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 yeah. it's, you can get it with lightly sweetened, but the almond milk makes oh, it. Oh, yeah, the
1: light. Yeah. Or- yes. Or- yes. Or- yes. Lightly sweetened. Oh, yes. I still want to go by, I have not had the chance to go by Sip and Saber in Hyde Park. It's a black owned, um, uh, coffee, coffee shop. Coffee mm-hmm. shop. Mm-hmm.
0: It's really nice.
1: And I would love to have the opportunity to do that. So maybe we'll have to record there sometime. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, getting right to it, uh, the uh, so today's podcast is our second podcast episode. We're very excited. It is named after uh, Jay Z's song "Family Feud," it's taken from directly from it. We all lose when the family feuds. Uh, we did not include an intro for this particular uh, uh, podcast as we did last time of that music because, well, frankly, he's very litigious and we do not wanna
0: get on uh, Jay-Z's bad
1: side.
0: No, no, <laughs> you all know the lyrics and- Very familiar. You, know, you can understand what we're coming from. Okay, so, uh, so
1: what we hope to talk about today, some of the things that we intend to sort of chat about um, and very befitting for the holidays is whether or not, you know, you can anticipate and you can be sure that your aunts are gonna dive nose first into your love life, that's for sure. But they will also be asking you um, young professionals for your help on various topics and things. Um, Typically, you know, we sort of encounter this situation where it's like, hey, can you handle this case for me? Can you do my taxes for me? Whatever the case may be, but, uh we're going to talk about today about how to set healthy boundaries for our loved ones and how to gently uh sort of educate them about the different things that uh you sort of face as a young african-american professional on a day-to-day and how setting those healthy boundaries can then in turn allow you the space to start to build wealth for yourself because that is the sort of disconnect that we found um so Let's jump right into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I have my own uh, little instance of having to set boundaries for myself recently. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother passed um, recently, November 7th. Uh, oh, by the way, today is November 19th. That's where we are recording. But yes, my grandmother, she passed on November 7th. And um, I found myself kind of taking on planning her funeral, Uh Almost like just taking on the, um, I, I don't want to call it a burden, but just taking that on myself. And and I was thinking about it, and I was like, nobody asked me to do that. Not one person. <laughs> nobody asked me to no. do that. And, and I'm, I'm, I am her grandchild, but I'm not her only grandchild. I have eight other Uh, She has eight other adult grandchildren and two other children who are still (laughs) alive. (laughs) Yeah, somehow I was the one planning everything. And uh, one night I was sitting down at my laptop. I was getting ready to type out her obituary. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Why were you doing this? (laughs) I'm like, you know what? There are other people who can be doing this. And I think uh, sometimes we have to learn, and especially me, I had to learn how to ask for help. Mm. Uh, you know I, I believe like, especially with black women we feel like we have to be super women mm. and we have to take on everything and it's almost like a pride in doing that mm-hmm. it's like oh well I took care of this I handled this I'm going to school I'm a you know, working, I'm um, handling all these other things, mm-hmm. but, and, we're, and I'm doing this all by myself, and we just gonna want some sort of gold star or pat on the back <laughs> for doing that, and we're running ourselves ragged, mm-hmm. and for what? Like, nobody's gonna give you a gold star, and, and, and you're really just hurting yourself, taking on all of that mm-hmm. yourself. And so, I had to stop, and I said, you know what? i texted my aunt i said can you write grandma's obituary and she did <laughs> so, that's like, a win no, right. i was like that's just something i had to do mm-hmm. for myself because you know and i think we, we feel like people should add, be asking us how can i help you mm-hmm. and we expect them and to. we expect them to and then we get mad when, when they, they don't watch you trying to do it all yourself they're like, well, I thought you had it. You, know, <laughs> you seem very capable. You seem very capable. I think that's
2: um, women in general. Okay. I think one of the things as I get older, mm-hmm. um, you start realizing that just because you take time out for yourself doesn't mean you're selfish. Oh, And there's a difference. I think a lot of uh, women feel that taking time for themselves Equa- equates to selfishness And it does not mm-hmm. um, And they don't understand um, That if you are um, In a family situation Where you're a mom You're a wife Or if you're just mom And there is no other person You still need to look after yourself Because your family won't function as well mm-hmm. If you are not Function at your top capability Because you're tired Because you're t- so tired You've made yourself ill mm-hmm. So it's it's something that one would think is intuitive, but I don't think it is. I think, uh, you know, women, most women, I don't, I'm not a fan of generalizations right. uh, overall, but most women are nurturers, mm-hmm. and we feel it's our responsibility, but uh, we have to learn how to step back and say no. Mm-hmm. And as I'm getting older, I'm getting much better at saying no. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to go to your party, but no, mm-hmm. I can't. I would like to do this, um, and if the circumstances were different, I would, but no, I can't, and it's not because I feel some kind of way about you, and it's not because you're not important to me. It's just that I can't be all things to everybody at all times,
0: Right, right.
2: and I think that comes with time. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think, with respect to the topic we're talking about, the more successful you are, the more there's that expectation that you can handle
1: it. Okay. Absolutely! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That, is, that is exactly what it is. And you know, I think also it's not even just the expectation that you can handle it, or but it's also our sort of self-imposed expectation right. that we can handle it. I think it. it's both. <laughs> you know?
2: I think it's both. I think there's a self-expression exp- a, a, a that we impose upon ourselves with respect to what we're capable of and what we might have resources to. Yes. Okay? So I think it's more of a resource issue. However, what a lot of people don't understand is that just because you have graduated and you're successful and you're in your career, they're not accounting for the debt that comes with it. Yes. Yes, you may have a good amount of resources coming in, especially when you're early into your career. Mm-hmm. That is not always a connect with what your discretionary funds are. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. But so. You can't count other people's coins. Right. You can't count other people's coins. <laughs> you don't know what they have going on in their life. And when they tell you they ha- don't have it, doesn't mean they're they're acting shady. Right. No. It um, doesn't mean that they're, you know, feeling some kind of way about you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that they're blowing their money. Mm-hmm. Right. Which are the three things that people um, sometimes associate with you saying no. Yes. And then also I think with women especially, and I think this happens with successful men too, um, people somewhat shame you into doing things because, you know, they're like, oh, so you just going to tell me? No.
1: Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. I really am. And you know what? I learned something um, that I'm, I'm, I'm just learning this year, honestly. And I, I mean, I say it like I'm so old. But I'm just learning this year that you can't always concern yourself with the way someone reacts to your healthy boundary. Mm-hmm. As long as it's a healthy boundary and it's necessary for your well-being for your sort of success or your, and well, well, not even your success. If it is necessary for you, period, it is not, no, it's a complete sentence. You don't necessarily always have to explain everything, in my opinion. And also, um, I think where we get uh, sort of caught up is, is, oh, well, they're gonna be mad at me, and oh, they're gonna be this, and they're gonna be that. First of all, if they really need the resource, they'll find another way. Right. Right. (laughs) They're grown in most instances, right? And so, I just think, um, for me, I'm a huge impact, so it, it hurts me to sort of watch and, 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 and or, and, or um, see or listen to sort of the reaction to my healthy boundary. Though I know that for a fact that I need that boundary, it becomes sort of a, oh, I wish I could help them, and now I'm trying to find other ways where I might be able to stretch myself, and sometimes yeah. you just...
2: Well, well what I have learned how to do and my mother laughs at me all the time uh, for this I was like she's like what's going on such and such I said like, I don't know I don't ask follow-ups oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's like well why why I said because if I ask a follow-up question that connotes that I plan on doing something more right. and if I don't plan on doing anything more I'm being nosy yeah. And since I'm not nosy, I don't ask follow-ups unless I plan on initiating some kind of value to mm-hmm. you, right. and by not doing those follow-up questions, which people I think everybody has a little bit of nosy in them yeah. right yeah, you know you're opening a door and if you don't put, and that's where people's feelings get involved because you open that door with these questions, you got into their business you did <laughs> you know what like I'm saying like you're gonna do something, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you set me up for the fallback, you know. <laughs> Don't you know now, you just, right? Right? You, you know exactly. The
0: and I'm catching hot. Right?
1: Exactly.
2: Bring exactly. A <laughs> exactly. And I think. The reason that I started that practice is because for a minute with well, my husband and I, we were like, are we the first national bank? I mean, oh. you know, <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, hey, can I borrow $50 or $100 for a couple of weeks, you know? Um, I just got laid off and, you know, the kids are in private school. Can you loan me 1000 oh. You know, somebody got caught up and, you know, they caught a case. We need bond money. Can you throw down 10000 Oh, man. See, when no. I start coming to that kind of money,
1: <laughs> hard pass. those are
2: supposed to be for my consequences.
1: Yeah, yeah. see, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm, t- that's exactly why I was like, Shelley, we got to discuss this, because in the African-American community, by and large, I was reading an um, article um, in preparation, and it was saying that three years from now. white white US households are projected to own 86 times more wealth than black households. And I start asking myself, just without even finishing reading the article, why? And I say, okay, well, let me look at my own life. And why is that? It's because for me, wealth is not because I don't budget. It's not because I can't, you know, um, because I can't pay my student loans. I am on a little payment plan. I got it worked out, you know what I mean? But the reality is that if, you don't have, if you're not there with me shooting in the gym, don't ask me <laughs> for something <laughs> on the back end. And I think the prevalent sort of pattern that I see is that we're not willing to help uh, our, um, our loved ones when they are sort of gearing up when they're in law school and they need a couch to maybe surf on instead of having to pay the rent or when they, or when they're, you know, when they just need an extra sort of hand or whatever, um, in the beginning, but when they're successful, we are there to sort of take from that without allowing them the opportunity to really get a solid footing. So I wonder how we can go about educating our, um, our family members without seeming so harsh. So I'm gonna to defer to you, Miss Orr, because you have the wisdom on this panel today. And so I'm wondering, so how, how do we go about educating people well, of things they're not quite sure of?
2: First about? of all, I think we need to sh- change the paradigm, okay? okay? And change the definition of what success is, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I, in, in my current life, I am a, uh, while I'm running for judge, I am a currently a domestic relations practitioner, right. okay. okay, and I can tell you I have a number of clients who, under the traditional um, definition of success, which is associated with money, um, they're extremely successful, mm-hmm. but their world has fallen apart, so are they really successful or they just have money, mm-hmm. there's a difference, right. I think. <laughs> So first of all, I think we have to determine what do we mean. Does successful mean that you comfortably can live um, and your family is is comfortable and you're happy and and you are a complete person and you're bringing your true authentic self to all situations? Mm -hmm. Um, Or are we just defining it monetarily? I think the danger of defining it monetarily is that there's always going to be a Jones. And if you catch up with the Joneses, you gotta find the Smiths. It's always gonna <laughs> you'll be somebody who has something better than you. So it's uh-huh. this race that you never can win. Right. You know, it's like going from one marathon, and you just think I'm about to get my medal, and they're like, No, no, no. Mm-hmm. This this is Iron Man. You know, <laughs> you know, you not gotta, that that's not quite enough. You know, <laughs> so you got to do these other two things before you finish. And I think, you know, chasing the paper isn't the right path. Of course you should educate yourself. But you should educate yourself because it's the right thing to do.
1: Yes. You, yes. Know,
2: it's, <laughs> you know, it's the right thing to do. You want to, you know, have knowledge of what's going on in the world. You want to have knowledge of, you know, what's happening. You know, it's, it's okay to know about pop culture, but that you shouldn't be one-dimensional. I, mm-hmm. I tell people this all the time. Most people get tired of one-dimensional people. So what does it mean? I'm a mom. I have two kids. I love my boys to life, right? But you don't always want to hear me talking about my two kids. (laughs) You don't. Even their father does not want to hear me talking about his two kids. It's one-dimensional, you know what I'm saying? So you have to have more that's to you than just, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. I'm rich. I'm that. Mm -hmm. Be your whole self. Be your Mm -hmm. full self, and I think it makes it easier for you to feel successful i'm happy with my life
1: absolutely you know what i'm saying
2: do i have the most money absolutely not could i have more money most definitely Mm -hmm. you know do i have the latest of everything no Mm -hmm. but one thing i tell um the younger uh people in my family you have to pick your poison Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah you
2: know you might not so my family we like to travel right And people like, how do you all travel all the time? How do I travel all the time? I don't get my nails done every week. I don't get my hair done every week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not waiting on the next Macy's sale. I decided what I like to do Mm -hmm. is travel. Mm -hmm. So that's how I spend my money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, you might not like that. You might like chasing the deal. Like my mom... You know, her thing used to be chasing the sale. Like, if she got that, <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean... She
1: would drive a queen across
2: town. To feel like she got over. Yes. Like, yes. you know how much I paid for this? And you know how much it originally was? I mean, that's the value, is she chasing do love the deal. I do love you know, so, but if, if so you're,
0: you know, I if
2: your thing work. is shopping, oh. have that be your thing. I think in our community especially, okay. where we lose... It And we lose wealth And the ability to create generational wealth Is we're trying to do it all Yep And you can't So you want the latest whip Mm -hmm. You want the latest clothes Mm. You want the biggest house And you want to to travel
1: And
2: And you want that 40 hour only work week
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right Can't have it all Not at all Mm-hmm. Or you just have to adjust what that all looks what like.
2: What the all looks like. Mm-hmm. You can have parts of it sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I think um, <laughs> we've covered a lot of topics here. Um, so, uh, I'm sort of moving right along because we can't, unfortunately, the podcast can't go on forever. Um, we had a YouTube commenter. That was not quite on topic. It was more so along the lines of the, our last um, conversation, or oh, hmm? mm-hmm. really, our sort of our last, what's it called? Our last
0: episode. So, um, Shelly's gonna. I think Shelly has it pulled up. Yeah, I do. Uh, and Erica, we would love to get your insights on this question. Especially, you used to work at a firm as well. I have my own firm now. You have your own firm, but but, but before you, uh, I was in
2: public firm. accounting. Right. Yeah. So, yes, I was in big corporate. I worked for Arthur Anderson, Deloitte, and Ernst & Young. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: so you, you may have some insight into this question. So, uh, I won't say his name, uh, but he's, he asks, can you cover how you recommend handling racist statements at work? I was recently let go from an employer a week after I complained about multiple racial statements. I know this won't be the only time, just would like to know the best way to handle it.
2: If, um, if it was not, especially if it was not a statement made just to him or if it is a situation where he documented it in writing or any other mm-hmm. thing, um, my first suggestion would be to go to the EEOC mm-hmm. and file a dispute. And when the EEOC picks up the dispute, they will let you know if you have a right to sue. Mm-hmm. And if you have a right to sue, that means they've investigated and they found truth and merit in what you have complained of and at that point a lot of times employers will begin to negotiate before you actually file uh, and begin to litigate the matter. Now with that said it sounds like this particular commenter had overt and blatant things said to them and um, that's a difficult situation anyway of course you want to seek some kind of damages if you are not collecting unemployment or if, it, if you got some kind of bad review that uh, prohibits your ability to seek like employment, uh, one of the things that EEOC will look to is what were your damages mm-hmm. as a result of this. It's it's not a warm and fuzzy, touchy-feely type of evaluation. Yeah. It's a damages type of situation. What did you lose as a result of this? That's what they're trying to make you whole. Um, so that's one thing. But I think the, the biggest thing you see in... Um, Corporate America as a black professional is the innate covert mm-hmm. racism, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm going to date myself, age myself a little bit. But um, when I first started in corporate America, people would be around the water cooler. That's the first dating. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> people would be around the water cooler, and they would be talking about friends,
1: Yeah.
2: you know? But if I asked them about an African-American the show, it was crickets. So, I actually used to be on a, lo- a number of the diversity committees. Uh, when I was at Ernst Young, I was very involved in the diversity committees. And I would say, you know, one of the things about this culture we have to change is I have to know everything about your culture to participate.
1: That's true.
2: But you don't have to know
0: anything right. about mine. Now, one
1: thing, now you can't even tell me who Felicia is, but you're sitting up here saying, Bye Felicia. Right. <laughs> you don't know, where they came you don't from. know right. Exactly. <laughs> where did
0: that come from?
2: You know, or. um. You mm-hmm. know, uh, social misappropriation, yes. cultural misappropriation yes. of things. You know, don't come to me talking about some girlfriend because mm. <laughs> you feel you have some kind of connection. Like, but mm-hmm. we are associates at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I right, if I haven't given you my personal home phone, right. <laughs> and you haven't broken bread with me outside of a lunch meeting in the office, right. we're probably not friends.
1: Probably either.
2: not. <laughs> okay, probably so not. let's mm-hmm. not feel comfortable doing uh, colloquial type of references. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, um, because for people who may be listening to the podcast uh, who are not uh, melanated, <laughs> um, it's offensive because it's almost like you're telling me, I like you, but you're different, and that's why black people have a problem with it. That's
1: true. Um, mm-hmm. that's true.
2: You know, it doesn't. it's not problematic with somebody who has a genuine relationship, but... As a general rule, we don't like being told, you know, for a black person, you're great.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
2: and so people don't do those things necessarily as overtly anymore and make those kind of comments. So it comes out in, "Girl, by Felicia."
1: Right, exactly.
2: You know, or you know, you want to dab every time you're with me. <laughs> so, right. um,
1: with me. Right, with exactly me. With, with me. me. You
2: right. Did not do- Right, he so in, in, in so his situation, him. I think the EEOC would be the best start. I think um, we all have a responsibility. My dad always used to tell me, people can only do to you what you allow them to.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: so at some point, and I'm not throwing, I'm not victimizing right. the, the, the commenter, but there has to be some kind of self assessment in all things. Mm-hmm. so that you won't find yourself in this position again. Ask yourself if when you started on this, this job with this company, if you were so eager to be successful that you let things ride.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. So let me ask you this, because um, I know we've talked about since he's been fired and let go, he should go to the EEOC. But let's say he's currently, or he goes to the next job, and he's dealing with a similar issue. He hasn't been let go, but he's now experiencing these racist statements um how do you uh suggest he handle it in that moment
2: you need to document 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 That was
0: what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> document exactly
2: document what document did. start with hr and i don't mean mm-hmm. just go have so you go and have a conversation mm-hmm. you get the pause from hr but with something like this after you have a conversation then you follow it up with and follow up to our conversation Mm-hmm. It is my understanding after discussing that, dot, dot 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 with you, right. that the next steps will be dot 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 dot. Exactly. So that way, and then you want to archive it someplace other than their stuff.
1: Exactly.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: It's you have your own
2: you can blind <laughs> CC your Gmail account yeah. outside of work or whatever uh-huh. because, you know, when people get subpoenaed. Yeah. It's amazing how stuff
1: disappears. Mm
2: -hmm. So, you want to make sure you document it. And also, when you go that route, if it doesn't change, then you might be shifted to another department, depending on how significant whoever is is doing it within a firm. You might, or they might tell you, hey, we'll help you successfully go someplace else Mm -hmm. because it's a cultural thing. But you won't typically in this situation find yourself terminated because nobody wants to catch a lawsuit.
1: Exactly. And I think. The, the the bottom line is, is you do need to understand when addressing these type of issues that they will be taken seriously, that you may find yourself feeling a little attacked. That if you were late for work, that's gonna come up. That if you were, you know, if you had instances where your boss was not pleased with your work, that may come up. And that you should, should just be sure to prepare yourself for both. Not just your own um, sort of uh, experience experiences in sort of um, uh, reveling in what your emotions are, but be sure to take the time to sort of objectively review everything that has occurred. Not saying that you didn't experience anything, I just want people dealing with these types of issues to be sure that they are prepared for the opponent's response because that's what that's what I always try to do. I always try to respond. You you want to look at
2: it from any situation. You want to look at it from from your side, Mm -hmm. from the other person's side. One of the big things that I tell my children,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. you cannot tell somebody how they're supposed to feel. You may not agree with how they feel, but -hmm. I feel how I feel. Mm -hmm. So if you do something to me and I tell you it hurts my feelings, right, Mm -hmm. you can say, no, it didn't. Well, no, <laughs> it, it did. If it I, it, told it realized, did. I told you Respect it did. It. it did. <laughs> you might not perceive it the same way because perception is very individualized. You might not perceive it the same way, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist for that person. Mm-hmm. So that person may not feel or perceive that they did anything wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But you may feel that way, so you have to document, you have to address. Addressing is them. the main thing. Stop it at the gates. People only do to you what you allow. They say something off-color. So exactly what did you mean by that? You don't have to, you know, head roll, finger push, (laughs) none of that. Right, yeah, you know, you don't have to go, no, you (laughs) didn't, right, no, you don't have to do that. It's not necessary. (laughs) Sometimes it could be as simple as like, huh, I'm feeling some kind of way about what you said. What did you mean? And then silence. It's amazing how uncomfortable people are with silence.
0: Yes, they're very uncomfortable. With uncomfortable with and science. Very uncomfortable with confrontation. They are they're, being, they're not used to being But it,
2: called it right, out. called out on it. Because most people will he he. he, he, mm-hmm, he. No, no. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I understand. I mean and I've actually had to happen in court.
1: Yes. Oh. All I've time. had it
2: happen in court all and time. I had to and I hate saying this in court, but I had to pull out the with all due respect.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: Your honor. My
1: name's I don't
2: sweetie. No, 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 no. <laughs> I give you a real life situation. This is one of the reasons I decided to run for judge. This okay. is real. So again, I'm a domestic relations attorney. I was in court. My client is a six foot four African American male. Okay. Large man. Large man. Looks like he could play for the Bears, the Packers, whatever <laughs> <laughs> team. And but he's a professional. Lives in Naperville. Works okay. for the Naperville School District. His now ex-wife is an African-American woman. She's almost six foot, she's a you know taller oh, woman. She's an attorney, both tall, both, both tall. she's an mm-hmm. attorney. And the issue we were in court for was private school.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Wife wanted to go, the child to go to private school. Mm-hmm. Um, husband was like, I'm gonna pay for private school. Naperville's one of the best school districts in the country. Why would I pay? Right he sure. can go to school in you my school go, right? district. Why would I pay? <laughs> Judge <laughs> Judge looks at the clients, doesn't ask anything about background, where they live, or anything. Points her finger at my male client and says, Sir, and Mom lives in Chicago, Dad lives in Naperville. but she didn't realize that. She thought they were both in um. the city. Sir, are you telling me that you'd rather your son get shot oh. rather than to put him in private school?
1: Gotta read the file. I said,
2: <laughs> with all due respect, Your Honor. I just want to be clear. Are you saying that only children who go to public school get shot? Oh no 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 no! I'm I'm just saying, you know, he has an option to go to a private school. I was like, oh, I was like, so they only shoot on the box with the public school? Ooh. I'm I'm just trying to understand what you're saying because the public school and the private school are only 3 blocks away from one another. So well. it's not a different neighborhood. So what exactly are you saying? Mm.
1: Because I just
2: need to make sure I'm clear. Yeah. <laughs>
1: just please make
2: it like, make it me. be clear for me.
1: Just for me. Cuz I know I heard
2: one thing, but surely
1: you couldn't have meant you that. You couldn't have
2: meant that. <laughs> you know, and at that point, I'm addressing it, but You know, because I'm not trying to get sanctioned or thrown in contempt Uh, and thrown in cuffs. (laughs) cuffs. So, but but right, right, I I pushed up to the line (laughs) and and called the judge on it. Uh And you can call an employer on it. You can call a manager on it. It's a way of saying it's not okay. Mm -hmm. And I did push up to the line because the judge at that point recused herself. She knew she had stepped over a line, but she couldn't go so far as to try to. Penalize me,
1: right?
2: Because I didn't do anything
1: wrong. Exactly. I'm just asking what you said. The clarity.
2: I want a b- point of clarity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <good for> <laughs> you know, point of clarity. Just, just so I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I almost went. You know, kill a bird. Explain mm-hmm. this to me like I'm, am a five year old. Well,
1: Miss uh, Orr, we really enjoyed this conversation. Please tell us about your
0: campaign.
2: So. I am pleased to say that I am running for judge in the First Judicial Subcircuit.
0: Okay. And for people who don't know, And, yes, I'm yes. going
2: to be, before I explain what that includes, what I've been doing is explaining to people and trying to educate people on what that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Cook County is a very, very large county. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was happening is that um, we're still a very segregated county, very. too. Okay. And we still have issues in our state with uh, respect to um, racial issues. Yeah. And what was happening is melanated individuals were being disenfranchised at the polls, um, and were not getting on the bench. So the bench did not represent all of the communities in Cook County. And in an effort to alleviate that problem or resolve or mitigate, whichever verb you'd like to use, uh, the sub-circuits were created so cook county was split into 15 different sub-circuits and in order to run for judge in those sub you have to live in that subcircuit, which meant by default because of the diversity and how we are somewhat homogeneous in different sections of the county by default that diversified the bench i live in the first sub-circuit the first sub-circuit is 75th Street, 7500 South, everything east of the expressway over to the lake, and it goes all the way out to South Holland, Dalton, Calumet City, and Lansing. Now, of course, in our great county, we have gerrymandering, Mm -hmm. and the lines don't always make sense, so I do have like a little L-shaped tip (laughs) on the northern part of my county, which is 75th Street to 87th Street, west of the dan ryan over to ashland so that is what my sub circuit is unlike most politicians people don't understand this because they're like what do you stand for Um. i stand for balance i stand for fairness i stand for equity and when people need to go to jail i stand for firmness unlike other candidates i cannot have a platform Why? Mm -hmm. Because it was my responsibility on the bench to be impartial. Mm -hmm. And if you have a platform, you cannot be impartial. It doesn't work that way, Mm -hmm. okay? So um, my goal out when I'm out in the street meeting with voters, which I'm actually out in the street. I don't send minions. I actually go out in the street myself, and I've been saying uh, one of my hashtags is shaking every hand that I can because I want to meet my voters, (laughs) okay? I want to meet my voters, and when I'm out there, my goal is to get you to know what my demeanor is, to have you understand how my personality is, and to let you know what my education is. Um, One of the things that I'm finding when I'm talking to voters is they don't know who the judges are. Uh So first of all, when I'm out there, they're surprised, you're running for judge, you're the first one I've talked to. Uh And then they say, and they say, I'm glad to know you, because when I go to the polls, I don't know who I'm voting for. Mm-hmm. So especially in our community, the first thing they do is they look for the ethnic name. Yeah,
1: right? yeah they do.
2: <laughs> and if they don't see the ethnic name, then they're like, well, I got a better shot with a woman.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So That's they great. vote for the woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, in the primaries, it's nothing going to be anything, oh, but I'm going to vote for the woman. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for the remainder, they either do any Mini, money Mo. I found is popular. yes. <laughs> Or they don't mm-hmm. vote at all.
1: That's true. Mm. I know so
2: that it just... um, it's very important for me to get out to people and meet them because, quite frankly, I don't have an ethnic name, but I'm very mm-hmm. melanated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it's important for me to, for people to know, I want you to vote for me, not because I'm a woman, not because I'm black, but because I'm qualified. Black. And I feel very comfortable telling you I am qualified, you know, so um, I didn't, you know, take the quickie route, I, you know, I put in my hard four years at the University of Chicago for undergrad, I put in my hard three years at the U of I for law school, and I put in my heart two years at U of C, again, Booth School of Business. I'm qualified, okay, and I've been doing this for 19 years. Let and all the, know. right, <laughs> you know, and you know, all the bar associations have either found me qualified or recommended, so that's when I'm out here trying to communicate to people. Uh, the last takeaway, of course, you know, one thing I've learned that women aren't good at is asking for stuff. Here right now, at this very moment, I, Erica Orr, is asking that everyone in the First circuit of Cook County cast their vote in my fam- favor. That's Erica with a K, last name O-R-R, as in Erica Orr, or else. Oh. Okay.
0: Yes. So
2: the final thing that I want to take away this is my public service announcement. And if these ladies would just give me a little liberty,
1: <laughs> please do.
2: My people, my people, I've been out here collecting petitions now for 90 days, almost. And I'm very disappointed to say that we are finding about 60 to 70% of our community is not registered to vote and this is very disturbing to me not because i'm a candidate because i love y'all i am of you i am of the community and i want our community to thrive and our community can't thrive and we cannot build generational wealth and we cannot look after our babies and make sure our babies are protected and make sure they have health care and make sure they have access to a good education and make sure that we aren't disenfranchised If we're not at the table, you cannot expect to have a plate at the table when you're not even seated at the table. And one way to get your plate is to get your vote, okay? The second thing that I'm finding is that people are not understanding... The civics behind this electoral process. Now I understand, and I'm right there with the rest of you all. That you know, the 2016 campaign uh, election in November left you feeling some kind of way. I I get it. I get it. Every day, just like many of you, I get it. And we're surprised by what's going on in the Oval. But you must understand civics. I don't know if we need to bring back the schoolhouse rock. or what we need to do. But what I'm finding is that people feel that signing a petition is like casting a vote. Signing a petition is not casting a vote. It's not saying you like this person. It's not saying you dislike this person. It's not saying come March 20th you're going to vote for them. You could do the very opposite. What you do when you walk into that booth in March 20th is your business, and you can change your mind up until the minute that you push that button. But if you want democracy to really work in your favor... It is best for you to have as many people on the ballot as possible so you have something from which to choose. Mm -hmm. And people cannot get on the ballot if folks don't want to sign their petitions. Or the common thing that I'm hearing is, I really like you. You have my vote, but I don't sign petitions, girl. I'm sorry, I don't (laughs) do petitions. And I say, thank you very much. I appreciate your vote, but... You understand that you cannot cast a vote for me if I can't get on a ballot, and the petition is the way to do it. So I just want people to be aware of um, those facts and, and make a conscious decision to participate and grab your seat at the table. And if they don't offer you a seat at the table, take one. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for the invitation, but the only way you're going to get it is to participate. And that's my final say on that.
1: Well, thank you, Miss Orr, and uh, that is a mouthful. If you all don't get out and vote, that's not enough to get you to vote. I don't know what is. So, again, thank you, Miss Orr, for coming. Thank you for having me. For uh, Shelly, for of course, always indulging us in uh, indulging me in my foolery. Um, <laughs> signing off, now. Oh, wait, 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 before we sign oh, off, oh, where can we find you? Oh, oh that's yes, right. I'm
2: sorry. So, I'm mm-hmm. more information about me than you could possibly ever imagine because I'm a very transparent candidate can be found on my website at www.orforjudge.com. That's www.orforjudge.com j-u-d-g-e i'm also on so- social media on twitter and instagram at citizens to elect erica Orr. Uh, you can find me on facebook at erica or or citizens to elect erica Orr. every week i have say hello saturday bulletins out there i want to meet you feel free to come and talk to me ask me questions it doesn't have to be about my sub circuit because I'm in this race, I know a lot about a lot of other circuits, so I can give you information about that. But if you follow me on Facebook, which is Erica or E-R-I-K, with a K, A-O-R-R, or Citizens to Elect Erica or on Facebook every week on Saturday, you'll know where I am with my Say Hello Saturday flyer.
1: So uh, I guess we're gonna sound, so we're signing off now for real for real this time and I don't know what's gonna come out but uh, we're still deciding on a signing off. Um, <laughs> we'll get it together. We're gonna get it together, but but I think we're gonna settle on something like thank you for fellowshiping with us. So have a great uh, rest of your evening and thanks again for tuning in. Happy
2: holidays.